0: This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth, exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now, your host, John Barsness. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of From Paint to Purpose, a podcast sponsored by FCP Services. Uh, today we've got uh, a fantastic guest uh, with us. James Lacusa, who is the CEO and co-owner of FCP Services, is joining us this morning to talk about his journey with FCP Services, where he has been, where we are going as a as an organization, and our continued conversation about leadership and our company culture. So welcome, James. We appreciate you being here this morning.
1: Thanks for having me, John. This is exciting.
0: So why don't you uh, tell our guests uh, a little bit about your journey with FCP Services, how you got in- involved with the organization, and uh, and where what your role is today?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. This is actually a little bit of a long story, but it dates me maybe a little bit. I've been I started I think I was fifteen in high school, just working during the summer. Some of my brothers had actually been working with Chip, and so. That was the start and really four or five bucks an hour doing whatever probably anybody else didn't want to do really learned everything from the field. And that, that was where it started. So worked a lot of summers during high school and then during college. And then at, um, some point during college, I decided path I was going down in engineering, I really didn't want to go down. So I put a pause on that and was going to go back for business and. Chip had given me the opportunities I had, and i really obviously been here since. So it's already going on 25 years, pretty amazing. So during that journey, have really worked through most, if not all the positions in the company at some level, because as we were small, we had to, you, you kind of have to do everything. So have seen lots of different stages of the company and lots of different uh, positions in the company. So it's been a really good and interesting journey for sure.
0: So where when you were in the field working as a painter and as a foreman, when did you transition? Because today you do a lot of sales for the organization. When did you transition into more of a sales role as opposed to uh, working in the field?
1: Yeah, that was actually fairly early on. The Probably the first three, four years I worked in the field and ran crews. And then Chip obviously saw something in me. He thought, translate well into the sales side of things as well. So he'd asked me if I'd wanted to. And if you know me, I'm always looking for something probably new and what can I do to get better? What can I do to advance? And so he gave me that opportunity probably in conjunction with running crews as well. So it it really was kind of a dual role of still running field crews and doing sales and getting out and meeting customers. So I did that for a few years. And then when we were local here in the twin cities, and then we had an opportunity to work nationally and at that point, Chip really wanted to not to travel. So he said, if you want to do it, go for it. And so I took that and that was a transition to really taking us to a national company and I went from there and worked in the field to try to learn that back from the sales side of it, but get back out and actually learn what we were going to do. And took it from you know we were a pretty small regional company at that time to where we are today.
0: So talk a little bit about that part of the journey, taking us from a regional company to a national company. How did that start, and what's been that progression over the last uh, decade or so?
1: Yeah, that we started. Like I said, we were here in Minneapolis, and we had a connection that had introduced to us to a company at the time who was foreign, Lowe's, and they were looking. They were building this painting program. And so we jumped on board and started doing that, not knowing what we didn't know. And maybe thankfully at the time as well. So we went and started doing that and we spent, I, I, I would say about three years just learning really what does this mean to do? Because there's it's just a whole new world with licensing and traveling crews and you know whatever it may be. So we went and spent our time doing that, learning that, building that out. And then we went and started selling to other people and growing that side of the business, which has now obviously become the biggest portion of the business. And we've transitioned from just painting to doing general contracting work as well.
0: And so when you took the company national and you were selling, you were, how did you help build out that? component what did you do? what were some of the steps you took that you realized hey I, we didn't know this at the time, but now we know we need to add whether it was traveling crews and foremen, and how did you go about expanding the business on the fly
1: yeah, and I think a lot of things happened, and we maybe made the right move at the time, and a lot of things didn't happen that we should have made, and you wish you knew back then what we maybe know today, so a lot of it was just. Maybe banging our heads against the wall and trying to learn, like, or figure out what are we, what should we do next and which components are the most important today. Really, it was a lot of it was survival. Some of it was luck. A lot of it was hard work. And I always, I'll continue to say, the harder you try, the luckier you get. And then if you add in planning and vision and other that leadership component, I think you can do great things. You know, looking back, some of those things happened maybe by, luck or we tried really hard obviously or and you know the opportunities just were there and we capitalized on them so timing matters as well
0: so today you are a co-owner of the business CEO o- overseeing the organization from a day-to-day perspective talk to talk to us a little bit about how that came about and and thinking about your career now being almost 25 years in the company a little bit about that transition to taking having the opportunity to take on ownership.
1: Yeah. So really at that point we were a fairly small business when we'd went to the national level and had started growing that piece. And in some ways we, a little bit left the original group behind to some extent and, uh, focused a lot on that national piece. That was my main focus. And I think at the time chip probably as well, just from, there was a lot more potential a lot more liability so it ends up taking a lot of your thought process i think as as you go along and so we continued obviously to do work in minnesota and we have and that's obviously been growing and going really well as as well but so as that grew it just became this natural evolution to i guess from my career to say all right i'm going to be part of this business for a long time I've been part for a long time and kind of been the face for the last 10 or 15 years on that national side I was really there with all our customers and with most of the folks in the field as well it just kind of became a natural transition and I think it's been six years now
0: so as an entrepreneur as somebody who has a desire to always want to do big things if you look back now if you knew then what you know now would you have gone down that same path
1: yeah, that's I actually ponder this question often and think maybe good thing I didn't know what we were getting into, but I I think I would have again and I think the path would be a lot easier cuz knowing what you know now it you can condense time and I think that's the only thing when I started I wish I would have been more willing to do would be to ask for help from other people cuz we we figured it out and I think it's a testament to the organization and their willingness to continue to drive forward and solve problems and innovate all those things, but it took us a lot longer than maybe it was necessary, and you know I don't know I, I think it was I think it's been a fantastic journey there's a lot of stories in there that a lot of sleepless nights and uh you know stress and fear and you know that's, that's probably one of the greatest things is was like the fear component to to think am I going to fail our customers or am I going to fail our people as we're going down this journey? And that's hard to know. So I I guess to answer the question, I would say, yeah, I would do it. I would probably do it differently. And there's a lot of ways, but it gave us a lot of experience as well. And I think those are some of the greatest lessons you'll ever learn is actually doing and failing probably.
0: So what you you mentioned just a minute ago about the fear factor that comes into play especially as a business owner what part of the, of that continues today to drive you
1: yeah fear can be good and bad if it can be really bad if you don't control it to me the main fear is just f- from my side is always to not hold up my end of the bargain and drive the business forward and fail our people and so this last year when COVID was around, that was, I, for me, fear was probably a pretty big word that was in there at some point, but the, the one piece that always resonates with me, and I know we talked a lot about at the time, is what Jim Collins talks a lot about it in the Stockdale Paradox, is really, you got to come to grips with what life is today and what the situation is, and then decide, okay, we are going to make it through this and we're going to succeed. It's just a matter of how and when, you know, those components, we don't necessarily know, but we do know that we will succeed in the end. So having that unwavering faith, I think is super important. Knowing the leadership team we have and the company and the people that are in the company, they'll make it through it. They're amazing. They're strong at situations like this so we've made it through a lot of things and in reality i was telling some of my other vistage members in my ceo group that uh this is actually kind of like another year for us because they're all in panic mode and we deal with this every year it kind of (laughs) seems like you know this is different but and not to downplay it and it was a big challenge but we ended up actually thriving through it and I think that's a testament to, the the organization, all the people that work there, and then the leadership team helping guide them through that. So super thankful for that.
0: What was the the number one lesson as you look back? It's, it hasn't been that far, and we're still somewhat in COVID mode uh-huh. in twenty twenty one. But from twenty twenty, what's the one lesson that you take from the experience we went through as an organization?
1: Yeah. I- I I ponder this a lot, and I think having options is always a, a really important thing. And being lucky is actually pretty good too, when it comes down to it. And not to downplay hard work, but really, we ended up being in the right segments at the right time. And they still were very, you know, they were able to grow and thrive. Actually, they've done amazingly well, most of our customers. Some of them, <clears throat> obviously haven't and that's been really tough to see and so i i think being diversified in different segments and not having all your eggs in one basket i mean we've always known this but i think that 2020 really showed us like you you, you better think about what might happen i mean nobody could have predicted covid would happen and we'll probably never have an event like that again But there will be something that will come, and we don't know what it is, and you can't really plan for that. And so I think being able to be diversified, but also be nimble and adjust on the fly is actually super important.
0: Let me transition a little bit of our conversation, and I appreciate the background that you've provided about your journey with the organization thus far. For those that might be listening that don't know who FCP Services is, In your own words, how do you describe FCP Services to those who might be curious about what we do and who we are?
1: Yeah, FCP Services is a national contractor that uh, services a lot of America's greatest companies. We provide really into two categories, painting and then construction services. So we don't work on anything typically new, but just existing buildings. On the painting side, fairly straightforward. And then on the construction side, we do lots of remodeling, renovation, repair type work.
0: We've t- we talked a lot in our first episode about the company culture at FCP Services. So from your perspective, what, what does the culture look like and how would you describe the FCP Services culture?
1: Yeah, the culture I think is really driven obviously through our core values that I think a lot back to the times when Chip founded it and when I'd started out in the field, and his personality and what he always put forward. So it's people driving growth. And so people, you know, it's kind of an odd word. I think some people think of that as it's not necessarily a descriptive word. But when we talk about that, we think about really we want excellent, amazing, good, sound people in our organization. We want people that want to treat each other right, that want to live out our core values all the time, want to treat our customers just Really, we think good people, it's this generic term, but it's really true. And I think if you are associated with our organization in any way, you would see that. That's really what we believe. And Chip started that from way back. And then the drive part, I think either you have it or you don't. Some people aren't necessarily looking to really have that fire in their belly and go get after it. And that's okay. But here, that's something we you know, think is really important to help drive the business forward. And then growth, I think personally and professionally, it's super important to be willing to continue to grow and that will help fuel our organization as well. So all those pieces combined, you know, really drive our culture and who we are and what we do. We love to have fun, love to work hard and really want to serve each other and serve our customers really well.
0: When you think about those core values, how do you uh, express those in the organization? How are you helping to drive that forward mm-hmm. uh, as the CEO? Yeah,
1: it's a great question. So I guess from my side, I, I always think about leading, but through example, and I'm sure I fail often, but I, I try to live these out <laughs> every day and um, treat people well. I don't know, the drive Part of it, I think, in some ways, is probably what's helped propel me forward. And like, I'll never give up on anything or anybody if they're willing to uh, give it a shot. And then the growth part, you know, like I said, I started in the field at four bucks an hour, really with no education. And a lot of what I've learned has just been through reading or through other people. And that's something early on I wish I'd done more of. Because I think that's the only thing that you can compress time on is doing that. So now I've joined Vistage the last couple of years. Obviously, through the leadership team, there's a lot of learning, your programs that you've put forward. So from that component, I always try to live my life to say, this is what we believe and embody. And then also, you know, there's a lot of actions that we've taken as a company and I think when you joined us, that was kind of the the component that I've really wanted to drive forward and haven't had the time to do it, because we did, at that time, you're basically doing everything, trying to manage everything. A lot of people in, um, that I talked to other CEOs maybe, are pretty surprised, like we'll have, we have three people on our people team. And at that time, we were maybe only 15 million. Most people didn't have anybody on, in any HR function. But so for me, that part is hey, we need to live it out, but then there's actual steps we need to take to do it. And so we've made huge uh, progress thanks to you and your team. And we'll continue to do different programs through that. I think the living it out, trying to stay in front of people as often as we can, and then the tactical side of things. They're, they're, if you don't do things on purpose, you're never going to get them fully embedded. So it's a journey and it'll, will never be there. I'll always be striving to do a little bit better.
0: Is it fair to say that in our organization, generosity is a word that we don't always use, but it's evident in how we treat people, mm-hmm. both in our organization and then our customers. And if that's true, maybe the, give us a little bit of your thoughts around what generosity looks like means to you, in your journey at FCP services and then about that from your uh, perspective as it, as you look at the future of the FCP?
1: Yeah, I think generosity, yeah, certainly is. And it's not a word we use probably often or put out like our core values. And I think about, I guess, from the start when Chip started the company, he, that was always his sort of motivation. He was always going to put his people first type of deal. And some people maybe think it's just what you should do. But a lot of businesses don't, and I, to me, that's really, he set the stage for that and was super generous in making sure his, the people that actually did the work really got taken care of well. So he was generous in um, his time, his money as well. And then I think with our customers, it's an interesting you know thought on the generous side, but I feel we've always been, I've may, maybe never thought of it as generous in that sense, but We've always went out of our way to say, our customers, once we have them, they're just like part of our family and we're going to treat them as we would, or we should for anybody. But we haven't necessarily been like, this is all we're going to do for them. So we often go above and beyond. And so that probably plays into that generous side of things. And then, you know, I think contributing to programs like Hearts and Hammers, you know, I think is really important for, we've been super fortunate as a business and uh, all the people that have worked here. So I, I, I want to really continue doing that as we go forward. And again, I think these are purposeful things that you have to actually do and not just think about. That's, that's always the challenge, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the background on your thoughts around our, our culture as we think about that and as we look towards the future of the organization you as the visionary of the of the organization talk to us a little bit about what the future holds for fcp services from what you can see
1: yeah so the vision going forward from a really maybe high level is to continue to grow as an organization sort of in all areas of the business so financially you know like you have metrics like hey we're going to grow to x revenue or x bottom line but i think the bigger components are going to be that culture piece that We know we're here and we've spent a lot of time measuring what those are doing surveys engaging people and now it's we're going to continue to grow that culture we really believe in our core values and continuing to shape our culture around that we're going to make it a great place to work where it's fun and engaging not that it's not now but we're going to continue to make that better and grow that and you know i think that's To me, the part that will fuel the growth of the financial piece is really that culture piece. And it's, like I said, thanks to you and your team, that's the part that's, I think, exciting. You know, like our mission statement that we put out is to build a great company with great people and unlimited opportunities. And that started way back when Chip gave me the opportunity to do what I did, along with a lot of the other folks in the organization that have come up through that. Is really to to do that if people have that ambition and that um, drive to actually continue to grow and get better, that's what's going to fuel the organization going forward. So, building the culture, making it you know an amazing place to work, and uh, we'll continue our growth to that, and that'll give us opportunities or people in the organization opportunities to grow as well.
0: You mentioned earlier in the as you were describing where the co- the company started as a regional company that did painting uh, on the exterior of buildings talk to us a little bit about maybe the market segments that we are that we've grown into and maybe where you see the biggest potential not necessarily just for FCP but in the industry as a whole for growth
1: yeah so we'll continue to stay in the markets we're in and it's obviously ever changing multifamily then in the retail segment there's uh, this is changing really fast and we'll continue to but there's there's going to be winners and losers and this is going to happen in all industries but the winners are just crushing it really and the losers are going to go away pretty fast so there there will still be a lot of opportunity in that there's the mall segment i think is going to is going to thrive in a different way than it does today so today it's all retail driven and it will that will evolve into there's some unknown what's going to happen but the likely my my thought is those will be distribution points with retail in them and maybe some other things i don't know maybe a fitness center and some office space i i don't know but those will change which all these things create lots of opportunity in the construction and painting industry in then the industrial space there I mean, that space will continue to grow. There's going to be a lot of need for warehouse space as well as data centers. Like I lump those together. I don't know the numbers, but those will grow probably exponentially going forward, which will create a lot of work as well. The hotel space that we're in, I think will continue to be there, but it's going to change some. I, that's an unknown for us. We, we have done a fair amount of hotel work in the past five years and. I think it's, yeah, this is going to be interesting with COVID, what's going to happen, because my initial thought is it'll come back just fine, but I think business travel maybe will change quite a bit just based on what COVID did, but I, I just feel like people want to see people. I, I really still feel like they just want to sit across the table, shake somebody's hand, and at some point, I know you can do everything via Zoom, but man, it's just not the same. So. I think people still want, will want to travel for leisure. I think all the resorts will be fine. I think the budget hotels will be fine. But the big downtown hotels, I don't know, maybe they end up being condos. So that, that's an, an interesting one that I, I'm pretty unsure of.
0: So when you think about if you're if the audience out there is aspiring leaders or other leaders in in organizations, what's some leadership advice that you would give to an aspiring entrepreneur?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think learn, read, listen to podcasts, find a mentor or a few, join any uh, leadership groups you can and continue to learn about it. Because I don't think there's anybody that's born a leader. I think some people have natural talents and just are gifted at that for sure. But I, I think most of the great leaders, they worked really hard and learned over time to be disciplined at certain things. So I guess that'd be my biggest advice to them.
0: And if you're talking directly to other CEOs out there, what's the one thing that keeps you up at night?
1: One thing that keeps me up at night, it's probably the on the people side of things. If, if we're doing the right thing for them and if we're doing the right things for our customers, yeah, I, I think it's probably on that people side of things.
0: What would you want to, as a takeaway, if people were saying, okay, great, this was a great conversation. I learned a lot. Is there something you want people to, to do if they're listening to this podcast? Is there a place for them to go on our website or somewhere else that you would suggest as an action item?
1: Yeah, I think to learn more about us, fcpservices.com and what we do. And as far as, you know, any advice to anybody else out there, I guess I'm just a huge fan of to continue to get better as a person and continue to grow as a person, I think is just super important for yourself individually. But I think for the world as a whole, everybody's got, I think, a given amount of ability that God gave us, and it's up to us to decide how much we're going to use of that. Nobody will probably ever make it to 100%. I know nobody will. I don't know if you ever listened to Jaco talk, but he talks a lot about Discipline and freedom. If you want freedom, you actually have to work and be really disciplined at certain things. If you want to live a good life, if it's in any area, you actually have to have a lot of discipline, which is hard work. And I think some people want it to just come easy and I don't think anything in life's actually easy. So the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you have. And I think that's super, super important to remember.
0: I appreciate the time today James. I know you're busy and this has been a great conversation. I think we've learned a ton about who you are, what you're what you've done as you've grown in the organization and certainly I know as somebody who is, sits on the leadership team of the organization, I see it every day and I'm thankful for the opportunity to chat with you today. For those of you who are are interested in learning more about FCP services and this podcast from paint to purpose. Check us out at our website at fcpservices.com. And we're happy to engage with anybody who's interested about learning about our company, what we do, our culture, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.